0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Julie R., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, August 8th, the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time Meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 80 with the fifth paragraph. The chances are that we have and will be reading through four paragraphs, ending on page 82, rather than risk face-to-face combat. Comments will be on all. Today's readers are Leslie M., Lisa H., Allison L. The share ID for Monday, August 7th, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 10,244. For the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting, it is 10,246. O.A. Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through share experience, strength, and hope I will now ask Allison L. to read the 12 steps.
1: Good morning. This is Allison L., recovered compulsive overeater in Ohio. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in
0: all of our affairs.
2: Thank you, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Allison and I will now ask Sherry G. to read the 12 Traditions.
2: Thank you.
3: This is Sherry G., Recovering compulsive Reader in Chicago. The 12 Traditions of we'll Readers Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has the one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six. An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality.
0: In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book and we are on page 80 with the last paragraph. The chances are that we have and we'll be reading through four paragraphs ending on page 82 rather than risk face-to-face combat, comments will be on all. I will now ask Leslie
2: M. to begin reading. Good morning, Juliar. i I'd like to thank you for your service. This is Leslie M. I'm a Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Long Island, New York. The chances are that we have domestic troubles. Perhaps we are mixed up with women in a fashion we wouldn't care to have advertised. We doubt if, in this respect, alcoholics are fundamentally much worse than other people. But drinking does complicate sex relations in the home. After a few years with an alcoholic, a wife gets worn out resentful and uncommunicative. How could she be anything else? The husband begins to feel lonely, sorry for himself. He commences to look around at the nightclubs or their equivalent for something besides liquor. Perhaps he is having a secret and exciting affair with a girl who understands. In fairness, we must say that she may understand, but what are we going to do about a thing like that? A man so involved often feels very remorseful at times especially if he's married to a loyal and courageous girl who has literally literally gone through hell for him. Whatever the situation, we usually have to do something about it. If we are sure our wife does not know, should we tell her? Not always, we think. If she knows in a general way that we have been wild, should we tell her in detail? Undoubtedly, we should admit our fault. She may insist on knowing all the particulars. She'll want to know who the woman is and where she is. We feel we ought to say to her that we have no right to involve another person. We are sorry for what we have done and God willing, it shall not be repeated. More than that, we cannot do. We have no right to go further. Though there may be justifiable exceptions and though we wish to lay down no rule of any sort, we have often found this the best course to take. Our design for living is not a one-way street. It is as good for the wife as for the husband. If we can forget, so can she. It is better, however, that one does not needlessly name a person upon whom she can vent jealousy. Perhaps there were some cases where the utmost frankness is demanded. No outsider can appraise such an intimate situation. It may be that both will decide that the way of good sense and loving kindness is to let bygones be bygones. Each might pray about it, having the other one's happiness uppermost in mind. Keeping it always in sight that we are dealing with that most terrible human emotion jealousy good generalship may decide that the problem be attacked on the flank rather than risk face-to-face combat um and once again my name is leslie m i'm a recovered compostable overeater eater from long island new york um as i read this these paragraphs um i haven't had this particular instance in my life um but it, it, but the certain part that does um you know speak to me is we feel we ought to say to her that we have no right to involve another person. We are sorry for what we have done, and God willing, it shall not be repeated. More than that, we cannot do. We have no right to go further. I had a situation when I was making my nine-step amends. Um, I had lied to two of my sisters um, about another sister. And um, as I was writing out my scripts, my sponsor and I would go over them. And you know, she continued to reiterate for me that you know, in this step, we don't want to do any more harm. And in one of the in one of the um, scripts that I had written out, I said, "I'm sorry that I lied to you about another sister's death, but she didn't want me to tell you." You know, and and my sponsor, you know, said, "Look, well, you can't say that. You know, you have to be. Um, you know, you don't want to cause any more harm, and you just need to, you know, uh, say that you lied to them about uh, about her death." And in the end, that's exactly what I did. Uh, although it was interesting, uh, the second sister that I made my amends to asked me at the end if, if the other sister had asked uh, not to be told, uh, that they not be told. And I had to answer honestly. I didn't want to go back and make another amends for lying again. So, you know, I know that in each instance, it, and it says that here, um, you know, where frankness is demanded, no outsider can praise such an intimate situation. You know, in the end, I have to, you know, um, you know, listen to my sponsor, my guide, uh, speak with other people about it. But in the end, you know, it really needs to be between, be between me and my God so that I know that, you know, I am doing, uh, being of maximum service to him and doing the best that I can uh, without harming uh, anyone else or myself. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Leslie M. And who would like to share on all
0: four paragraphs that were read?
4: Hello?
2: What page are you on?
0: We started on the end of page 80. The chances are, and we read through four paragraphs ending on page 82, face-to-face combat. Thank you. Press star one to unmute if you'd like to share on these paragraphs. Chrissy G. Chrissy G. Anyone else? Well, this is interesting. Go ahead, Chrissy G.
5: Thank you. Hi, I'm Christy G, Recovered Compulsive Overeater and Anorexic from New Jersey. And I, um, this is a really important part of the information, the instructions on how to do this step because it's, you know, it could get really messy. And for me, there was, there's, it, there's so much about, how I communicate to people that tries to protect my self image and tries to um deflect the blame from myself to other people, you know why wouldn't I want to bring someone into this mess with me and share share the brunt of a person's anger and say yeah well here here's the other here's the other culprit you know." And, and have at her, you know. I I honestly think that when I do this step with a sponsor and I'm doing God's will, that I am completely taken out of the equation and that's that's um, really the design for living is that I'm taking out I'm taken out of the equation and God's put first and his will is put first and so it doesn't matter how I look to the other person, it doesn't matter, you know, that I'm trying to save faith. What really matters is that there's peace and that there's, there's a rectification of what happened, the wrongs that were done, that a person gets to really see their reality for what it truly is. You know, people... People aren't stupid, and when there's problems in relationships and there's deception, there's no um, rest and there's no peace between people. And when the truth comes out, it might get worse before it gets better, but at least there's the potential for peace. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Chrissy G. Who else would like to share? Sarah G. Sarah G.
6: This is Michael H.
0: Michael H. Okay, we'll go with Sarah G, then Michael H.
7: This is Sarah G., a compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic from Tennessee. Um, what I wanted to say, the first sentence... Um, says that the chances are that we had domestic troubles. And um, so mine were of a, um, not a sexual nature, but of a sort of mental nature. Um, My husband at the time was alcoholic and I um, had a lot of fantasy around other uh, men that I knew um, didn't act on it, but I mean I was not available to my own husband um Of course he wasn't available to me all the time either but that's that's neither here nor there so I think that the um what this what this program is is helping me with is to help me to be in reality to um actually you know be um I don't know how to express it exactly, but to to help um myself be natural and be myself with other people, whether they are male or female or whoever and um that is and we get on later talking about the um sexual ideal or the um and and that has helped me as well, just thinking about how I would want to be with another person. Um, And with my husband, I I was not in program, so he and I had a pretty um, uh, contentious relationship. And so one of the things that uh, happened when um, I came to Step 9 was uh, I had to make amends to him. And we had divorced by then, and I wrote him a letter. And I, I don't even remember all that was in there, but the main part was that I wanted to... Um I wanted to ask for forgiveness for all the the times that I made the relationship contentious and um and not, you know, and ugly. And uh he wrote a letter back to me uh and you know, I was so surprised. I didn't expect um a letter back. And the other thing that I was surprised about was that he said that uh, two people make up a relationship, and that he was as much um, a part of the failure of our relationship as I was. And so um, I, I remember that. I take that with me, and um, but the the thing that I need to remember most is that I need to, to keep my uh, side of the street clean, and with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much, Sarah G. Michael H.?
6: Good morning, this is Michael H. May I you heard?
0: Yes, you can.
6: Great, great, thank you. Good morning, Julie, thank you for your service. This is Michael H., impulsive overeater recovered from the great state of Illinois. Difficult part of the book here to talk about. Um, I just wanna chime in real quick. Chances are we have domestic troubles. I did have those myself Unfortunately, the way that my disease manifested itself um, was uh, really difficult in this area of of sexual relations and and this is really my story unfortunately um, I did have extramarital affair and and um, was a difficult time to try to basically resurrect a marriage that ultimately it did fail and and we did we did divorce um, I just want to point to the fact that uh, by the grace of God I'm recovered today and I don't have those type of problems um, as was earlier stated um, I've let my higher power I've let God shape my ideals in this area but as as an addict the selfishness of of my my brain, if you will, was just not in the right place and and I did things that uh, that I shouldn't have done and and coming full circle uh, in the amends process, even before I did it formally in in this program. Uh, my ex-wife and I, the mother of my daughter, have been able to really reconstruct a relationship, not not a marriage, and it's not the same partnership that we that we once had. But it is a great co-parenting relationship, and I consider her one of my better friends today. And that's really one of the miracles of, of recovery, is to be able to rebuild some, some relationships. And uh, some relationships that I have cannot be rebuilt. And uh, I guess the, the program, or God rather, is in the results business. I just have to take the actions of working, working these steps and let the results uh, fall where they may, knowing that, that God will take care of uh, all the people that I've hurt as well as myself. And um, I think that's all I have. But that, I will pass. Thanks for letting me share.
0: Thank you, Michael H. Who would like to share next?
8: Charles One H. Carol G.
4: Charles,
0: Charles H., Carol G.
8: All right. We'll Sorry, B. Uh, say that again
4: I didn't catch that last name
0: okay well we'll go with these two uh, Charles H followed by Carol
8: G thank you very much Julie, for your service Charles H a recovered compulsive overheater chances are huh? <laughs> more than chances with me and you know, I, this reminds me of um, of Max and, and 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 the guy in acceptance is the answers to all my problems. You know when um yeah somebody sniffing. I don't know what you are sniffing. Hopefully it ain't blue. <laughs> but uh, you know I gotta keep a light heart. But um yeah, so it reminds me of uh, Max and if you had my wife, you would drink too. If you had. You know, my wife you'd smoke crack too. If you had my wife you'd binge your brains out too. Um you know what, I I I uh I take a certain attitude towards my uh my family because that is the is definitely the, the, the place that um I believe that a compulsive overeater um tends to not fix. And it it, it tells me on page nineteen that I should you know, there's a long road of reconstruction ahead, right? And uh, yeah, I accept the fact that I've done some things. You have a gossip to a gossiper about another gossiper. Yeah, you know, my you know it, it, it's crazy, but um, my family is difficult, like maybe a lot of other people's families are. But when I take a certain attitude towards that power, I mean that problem. I mean that. Po- I mean both the power in the problem, where these 12 steps can root out what I used to think of, of my situations and, and think of the possibilities when I can have quiet time with God in the morning and pray for them and pray for me, too, to change my perception of it. Man, I embrace those problems today because it gives me an opportunity to work my program. So with that, I pass. Thank you, Julie, for your service.
0: Thank you, Charles H., and Carol G., you're next. Carol G.,
9: star one to unmute.
4: Good morning,
7: Julie.
9: Hi. Oh, hi, good morning. I never fail to fool myself with that computer. Um, Good morning, Vision for you. What a fabulous day it is. Uh, Welcome to your day. It's Carol G., I'm Recovered Compulsive Overeater, who's worked this program. Uh, with Vision for You, and it's a really great opportunity to become a person that other people can live with. I mean, at this part, it just reminded me how I stole my family's peace of mind. Um, my beautiful family that I thought caused all my problems. Of course, they had their their defects, but you know, mine were glaring, and I was never there for them when they needed me. I was always in the food, thinking about the food, abstaining from the food, controlling the food, wrestling with the food, or wrestling with my mental twists. I would always spoil everything, the family unity. Um, People would just walk around on eggshells. I owed them amends for that. Damaging all the relationships I had was something that I um, didn't like seeing, to be honest. No, I didn't like seeing that. But it all came up in my sex inventory. Um, And I also saw how sex uh, can be used as power play. I would actually use romantic relationships to keep me thin. Um, my husband was worn out by this insane drama. Um, So much so, when I got to step nine, I actually told him to go find the girl who understands because I was no good for him. I was poisoning him. He was hurt, but he was relieved. And he went and found another wife, and he is flourishing. That man was in my shadow. He was dying, being close to me and my disease because he never married the real me. He married a fake. He didn't know the real Carol. I mean, I only showed up when I got recovered. Um, With me came this huge sack of spiritual malady, mental obsession, physical craving. There were three of us in the marriage. And the only way I could see in step nine was to free him. And it was to basically say to him, you're a loyal and courageous person and I owe you your freedom. And since then, years, decades, almost a decade I think has gone by, God's blessed me for doing that, for taking on that inventory process and not shying at this process and being asked to do what I had to do and doing it in the face of calamity and fear. So it's an amazing process. We're still in that inventory process, four through nine. It's coming to a close now. For anybody who's new today on the call, don't run, don't never come back. We're on step nine and it's a journey to this point. Welcome everybody to Overeaters Anonymous. Welcome to Vision for You and i pass.
0: Thank you, Carol G. and Valerie B. You're next. Star one to
4: unmute. Uh, hi, hello, this is Valerie B. Recovered compulsive overeater. And um, you know, as we were, you know, reading over about the, you know, about how you know the alcoholic would go to the, you know, to the clubs and look for something other than alcohol you know, and I, I was thinking about the alcohol, the drugs, the sex, the food. What are we, what are people really looking for? You know, what, what really is the bottom line? Like what, what is the compulsion? Yes, there's a physical part of it, but you know, I was kind of this morning in my morning meditation, like, you know, I feel like I, you know, take, what is, what's that mental twist? What is it? What are we looking for? And For me, I think the bottom line is we're looking for a refuge, we're looking for shelter, we're looking for, you know, I mean, you know, we are looking for comfort, we're looking for love, and I believe that the whole thrust of our whole program, the steps, the promises, the principles, you know, we're making amends, we're doing all these things, you know, to bring us What I found, what's happened in my life, it has brought me into the arms of a loving God, where I can find that refuge every day. I have to look for it. I have to run to that refuge. I have to. I I have to stay there, because it seems like like everything, you know, like everyday life just crowds it out and tries to rob me you know of those promises that that peace that serenity that shelter that I find you know you know as a result of these steps and um and i think I think my my um goal for you know for today we're given one day at a time is to stay in that refuge is to stay in that peace and that comfort that you know, that my higher power provides as the result of working these steps. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Valerie B.
0: This is Julia, I'm gonna jump in real quick. Um, Recovered compulsive overeater. So, you know, unfortunately, or fortunately, I have a lot of experience with these four paragraphs. And, you know, the bottom line is we're cleaning up our, our side of the street and we're not throwing other people under the bus. And so, you know, I had to make amends for the actions that I did. And, you know, it's a healing process. But the awesome thing is once we are recovered and we're living in 10, 11, and 12, you know, the design for living, you know, um, living a spiritual life, we can grow and our actions, the way I behave, the way I act way I talk, the way I think is projected in my marriage. And, you know, I um, hurt a lot of people when it came to my conduct um, in and out of the rooms. And, you know, the awesome thing is, is today is my husband and I's 31st anniversary. And we survived my actions, what I did. And I cleaned up my... My past. I cleaned up my actions the way that the Big Book tells us to do. I had a sponsor that guided me. I did not just run and, and blurt things out. And you know, it's all about healing. And but again, it's my actions. Um, this is um, my husband. When I had left, had taken off um, his wedding ring, and I returned home. I've been back for what three years. We went out for our anniversary dinner on Saturday night. And exchange cards and whatnot. And he had a box, and I knew what it was because he told me he would put my ring, his ring, back on his finger when he knew that I was that woman that he had married. And that was his gift to me, and it made me cry. Did I do this? No, it's the work I did with this program. It's my God, it's continuing cleaning up my side of the street. So, and we don't throw other people under the bus. We don't, you know, make excuses for our behaviors. I did what I did, period. And um, you know what? But as you work and live this program, because it's a spiritual program, it's a new way of life, you're going to have miracles. And with that, I pass. Who else would like to share on these four paragraphs?
10: This is Janice M.
0: Janice M.? Uh-huh. Jody W.
11: Jody W. Roz R. Roz R.
0: Gotcha, Roz.
11: April W.
0: April W. Okay, let's stop there. So we have Janice M followed by Jody W.
10: Well, thank you, Julie R. You know, your share made me piggyback on you. Um, Yeah. I I had to go through this myself. I'm very immature, very immature. Um, of course, when I started out, I thought, "Oh, it's all my husband's fault." I was the queen of justification, of rationalization. Because if he was like this, and if he did that, then I wouldn't have done this. You know, this was my this was my thinking, in disease, in disease. But you see, it has a happy ending. What did I find out about myself by going through these steps with this <laughs> domestic problem? Was one that it wasn't about him in a lot of things. It was about me, it was about my selfishness, not wanting to have any more children. That didn't, that, that, I mean, it, it's just unbelievable how selfish I was, how inconsiderate I was of somebody else. Whether it was my husband or somebody else, I mean that is really i didn't think of anybody else but myself, what it would do for me and uh how I would be happy this way and Of course, we know if you went through this that wasn't happiness it was it was horror, it was horror um, so and you know it's stealing it's really stealing it's stealing. You know, maybe another another man from his wife, his children. It's a, it's a jealousy, which is the worst emotion that there could be, is horrible. But see, this this book gives us situations, gives us examples, direction on what we should do. When we go through these steps, like like Julie, I have a happy ending. We celebrated fifty three years on July eighteenth. I mean, these are miracles. This is a man that I didn't want to be married to after five years. There was nothing wrong with him. <laughs> it really, But I thought everything was wrong with him, and it was me. And, you know, it gives me the chills to say that, you know, this is the modern miracle. You just never know what God wants for us. He put us together. And he just didn't separate us. Now, the important thing is by praying and by seeing my part, I demonstrate my life is so different. And um, I had the same experience with the marriage ring. Uh, I just always wondered why he didn't wear it. Well, because he was a dentist and he didn't wear wear jewelry. But that wasn't the truth. I just made that up in my mind. Um, Couldn't see my part. Um, The thing is now the real action is the demonstration of my life. No problem, you see. And this is the miracle, and it can be. I'm not saying that if you have to divorce that, that's bad, because that's how it has to be. Uh, that's, that's what God wants or whatever. So the demonstration is to walk every day with God, and those actions do not reoccur. And with that, I pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Janice M. And Jody W., followed by R, Roz R. Jody W., star one, to unmute.
12: Hello. Uh, thank you. This is Jody W. Can you hear me? I can. Jody W., uh, recovering compulsive overeater in Wisconsin. Um, this is such a powerful section for me. Uh, I'm in I'm in step nine now, making amends on a deep level that um, I I I feel like it's really my first time, even though I have gone through this before, because I'm more deeply absorbing these words. Um, no more harm. We feel we have no right to involve another person and do no more harm, and I can feel the parts of me with certain amends to my uh, first husband, especially where I want to, um, you know, I want to to be able to talk to him, but I know he doesn't want to talk to me, so I can just feel that pressure, the self-centeredness pressing on me, And, and that helps lead me to understanding the secret life I've really lived around sexuality, especially although there was um, uh, you know, a lots of levels of dealing with sexual inner life secrets in terms of other people that were uh, already married or uh, with my first husband when we were married, it was just working on fantasies about other people and that inner life that I kept alive in, in the, you know, not understanding how driven I was by that to um, take care of myself so I feel like unearthing all of this and understanding how it's kept me um, not uh, treating others well being totally self-centered around my own needs Um, it's a uh, it's unraveling this ball of yarn So I'm so grateful for all of these stories and remembering as I read them, oh, that's not me, but then oh, yeah, that is me. And a different, not this story, but a very related kind of story. So um, thank you for everyone for the uh, service we all do for each other. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Jody W., Roz R., and then followed by April W.
13: Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Thank you. This is Roz R from Florida. Um, I have to. I rarely jump in. Um, I, I just need to share on this today. Uh, this is just so timely. Um, yeah, I went through two husbands um, in this disease, and the and you know, and I take I take my part in it now. I mean, I was so into the food in my first in my first marriage. Unfortunately, I don't have the wonderful success story that. Marriages that stayed together, because I came into OA in 1982, and six months later, I knew it all. I was cocky, and I filed for divorce, um, and it took two years because my husband didn't want it, and and I I wasn't willing to bring him into my program. Um, So, you know, that marriage ended. We are still friends today. He's the father of my children, and I've since made amends to him. Um, And then I went and married a second husband five years later, and um, because my first husband was so controlling, I did all the controlling in that marriage, and I was highly into my food, Um, and uh, I was a crazy person, but you know, I still did a lot of things as a crazy person, you know, like, you know, it was almost like being on drugs, you know, the sugar would get me high, and I did a lot of things, you know, accomplished a lot of things, but not without sanity, um, but I've just, you know, to, to bring it to, to, to now, yeah, no, I'm not married. I don't have a husband. Um, I, you know, I, I made my path, and now I'm living, you know, in, in what I've got today. But I have got something I never had before, coming into vision, working these steps, sponsoring other people, the recovery, the neutrality. I mean, people who know me, who, I, who used to hear me crying, know that if this can happen to me, it can happen to anybody. But, you know, it's been work. I've done the work, and I, I have one amend left. I got chills because, you know, I have an older daughter that I really, I wasn't there for her. And um, she has, my granddaughter recently had a psychotic breakdown um, and she'd been in the hospital for a month and she got discharged yesterday. And my daughter who, you know, we're very close now, but she never, she she never, you know, got the mothering that I, I was able to, to give her at the time. Has asked me to come out. I'm going out. I'm leaving tomorrow at six in the morning with a one way ticket um, to stay there and help and be of service and get out of myself, help my granddaughter, help my daughter. My daughter's kind of just at loss right now. And she's a strong woman, but this is a hard thing on the family. And I am so grateful that I have this program and I can take it with me. And I'm in central time there, so I'll be able to call in the meeting at six o'clock there. And, you know, I'll be with you guys every day, and I'm still going to be sponsoring my people, and I get to make my amends to her, not only in my words, but in my actions, and this is what this is about, you know, this is like, my life has changed, and it's not what I thought it would be, but you know what, it's what God has planned for me, and I'm living it a day at a time in recovery, and I am so grateful for you guys, so thank you for letting me share.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Razar. And I'd like to remind everyone to stay muted. There's somebody like coughing and sniffling. Um, April W., you are next. Star 1 to unmute.
11: Hello, this is April W. Can you hear me?
0: I can. Thank you.
14: Perfect. Um, So just reading through it where it talked about it may be the that both will decide that the way good sense and love kindness is to let bygones be bygones. And then it goes on to say, each might pray about it, having the other one's happiness uppermost in mind. And what that really reminds me of is, uh, currently I'm separated from my husband, and um, sometimes I just think to myself, if we and more me if if i had thought every single day what could i have done or added done every single day to add value to this person or this marriage and the same with my kids or different relationships what can i do to add value to that other person rather than what the relationship is doing for me i just really think that that would help me continue to be less selfish in my mind, and when it talks about the jealousy, the selfishness, and the self centeredness, and how that all ties together. Um, and with that, during the process of the men's, what uh, my sponsor and I have really been doing is uh, we were just talking. I think it was last week about this part of the program that I'm on in this journey. It's really looking at the four R's to where it's really taking the responsibility of what I own in each situation, not the other person, but what I own and really that I show the remorse and do what I can to make it right and do what I can to never repeat it again. And that's what I'm seeing through this process. And it's been such a blessing in my life to really go through this, Uh, emotional and spiritual process through it and the physical is coming with it. It's just really really nice to be able to go through this
0: process to make the amends and with that I pass. Thank you so much April W. And who else would like to share on these four paragraphs? Bottom of page 80 through 82. Melissa C. Melissa C. Anyone else? We have time for a couple more?
15: Jody EQ. Jody EQ. Roz G. Roz
0: G. Okay, let's start with that group. Melissa C. Followed by Jody EQ. Go
16: ahead, Melissa. Hi. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C. Recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And um, yeah, so. You know, I, I kind of like hesitate at this part because, um, you know, there wasn't um, sexual infidelity in our marriage. But um, but when I really like press in and I reflect and I think about it, um, I was not faithful to the union of our marriage. You know, my, my faithfulness, my fidelity um, was to me. You know, it was to me, my needs, whether it was grief, um, whether it was resentment, um, fear, that was like what I cultivated in my marriage. And, um, and for a long time, you know, food was, was my partner. It was what, um, I opted to cling to, had there been a union. And, you know, and so like in my amends with, with my husband, um, yes, I did go to him with words and, and, um, and I did you know tell him how sorry I was for um you know for not participating all the time for 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 sitting so much for um shying away from events and places and people and you know and now living recovered um it's not it's no more words. It's action. It's actually doing things. Um, it's showing up. It's being places without, um, without asking um, for uh, pay attention to me. Look at me. Look how great I am. And, and like, so one of like the biggest amends I can do um, is cleaning the house without, calling attention to it and I don't always do so well in that area like I'll do it but I want I want the praise and the attention and so part of my living amends is to do things um hopefully without asking um for the strokes for the praise but just for the sake of showing up and and being a loving partner thank you with that I'll pass
0: thank you Melissa C and again, I'd like to remind everyone somebody's like moving in the kitchen and shutting jo- uh, doors, maybe. please mute yourself. Um, so next we have Jody EQ, followed by by Roz G
17: Thank you, Julie. This is Jody E.Q. Gratefully Recovered in Florida today. This is the most difficult section in the book for me. This is not something I'm proud of. Um, and I think my my biggest regret is that I uh, was unfaithful to my husband in program. I've been in program almost thirty years. and uh, i I uh, found someone in the rooms of OA. So I just caution those of you who are new to work this program as it's written in this big book, to avoid, to avoid heartbreak, to avoid calamity, and, and to really, really work, just, just do this program as it's written in this book. Um, the good news is that uh, I, my husband, released himself from um, a very unsatisfactory marriage and he is happy today and we have a good relationship today and we seem to be better friends than we were marriage partners. And we're both actually have, have done much better since we separated ways, but um, I have a lot of regret and sadness about it and it can be avoided. It can be avoided if we take the, this, these instructions very seriously, and there is, um, you know, work at praying about this, um, our sex ideals, and really asking for those from our higher power. That is what is going to bring us uh, the most happiness and harmony in our lives, whether we stay in our marriage or not, and I'm so happy for those of you who um, whose marriages have have stayed together and been transformed, and um, you know, it. God has uh, a plan for each of us, and we do the best we can one day at a time. But if we work these steps, we can avoid a lot of heart heartache. So um, that's what I'd like to share, and with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Jody E. Q. and Roz G. You are next.
15: Hi, this is Roz G., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Los Angeles County. Uh, I didn't think I was going to share on this today. I thought, I'll just listen today. But, you know, all of the shares have, you know, uh, kind of catapulted me into wanting to share. And uh, I feel like everybody else that shared this morning, I too um, had plenty of extramarital affairs. Well, three three of them. And when I think about it, when I married my one and only husband, and now ex-husband's been a while, I was 22 years old. And, no, I'm sorry, well, something like 22 or 23, but whatever the age was, I was still, I was a teenager in my head. And I didn't marry him anything in mind of of a future of compatibility he had big muscles and a really interesting tattoo and he was saying mariachi to me and I that was my criteria for marrying a man I just thought that was so sexy I had no clue as to what marriage was really and some guy at church tried to tell me but I'm telling you I still have uh, a, a ways about my brain that when I get something in my brain I don't listen to what other people have to say I'm working on that though and so uh, I remember having uh, when I was uh, sleeping around in motels and stuff and uh, he was at home asleep and I'd sneak in and and lie and say I was working overtime and then I remember later, later years later I had the kids and I stopped doing that I never made amends but I stopped doing it uh, he, I found condoms, used condoms in our van, and I got so mad, and uh, I was livid. Not thinking about what I had done, I had this righteous anger. And later on, when I finally got into step work, I really I realized how selfish and self centered I was. And as I heard earlier, I took somebody's husband away from his wife, from his kids. I I don't recognize that woman today. I you know I can hardly believe that was me, but it was. And I'm so grateful that today my amends are that I don't I don't date married men. I don't flirt with married men. I don't have affairs with married men. I ask God to direct my thinking and and to, to direct my decisions and the things I do. And I'm, I just don't act that way anymore. And I, my ex-husband has another woman and another kid. And I don't really know about how happy he is because we don't have uh, much communication. Um, but I, today, At I'm time. so, thank you. I just want to wrap up by saying I'm very grateful that I don't behave that way today and that I've made amends. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Rob
0: T. And we have time for one more share. Matt M, Uh-oh. Matt. Matt M., go ahead. Thank you.
18: Matt, you'll be our last share. Thank you. Um, this is Matt M, from New Jersey. I just wanted to share, like, you know, I hear people talk about having extramarital affairs and, you know, having dalliances. I never really had relationships because I, was so, I didn't know how to have a relationship with myself. I wasn't very kind to myself. Therefore, I wasn't really open to relationships. You know, I didn't know who I was. So how can I be there for somebody else, you know? And also, having, being gay, I never really understood what it was to have a really close relationship with anybody, let alone friends, including friends, so, um, I'm, I had only one relationship, which basically didn't end very well, only after a couple months, and, because I didn't, like I said, I didn't know how to be with myself, so I'm learning now as I go along how to relate to others, it's not easy, I still talk to my ex, but, it, you know, he has a lot of issues, and I still talk to him, and it's not easy, it's not easy to a good person, and, uh. You know, I'm trying to feel for me what I really want for my life. Do I want a relationship right now or do I want to just focus on myself and get and work to get recovered because 'cause I'm really struggling. <laughs> excuse me. And uh working on <laughs> excuse me. I'm working on trying to keep myself above water. I can only be abstinent really for one meal. I'm trying to get abstinent in the other two meals so I can have one day, but it's difficult. And um so right now my situation is, isn't an easy one. So right now I'm just trying to take it one day at a time and try to be better to myself, so therefore in the future I could be there for someone else and be a partner instead of just, you know, a boyfriend. I want to be someone else's partner in life. And I like that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Matt. M. It is now time to close our meeting. I'd like to thank everyone who shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Lisa H. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only.